Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, dear friends. Here we are again to share together in the word of our Lord. Well, I've been reading the book of Daniel again, especially chapters 1 through 6. And I can tell you, oh, it is such a relevant message for now, for today, for us. And it is a word that must be read and must be preached. So today I want to go to that chapter, very famous chapter number 5, with the writing on the wall. Do you remember that chapter and I would like to encourage you read those chapters again it's going to help you to understand what's going on in the world today but it's also going to give you peace because all those chapters they talk about God being in control hallelujah these days when we look around sometimes we can feel or we can think according to our natural feelings and thoughts Lord where are you are you still in control but he is hallelujah he is and he will take care of his children he will take care of you today so we don't have to fear but chapter 5 you know it talks about king belsasar and he was not a god-fearing king he came after nebuchadnezzar and he was partying he had a big party he had invited a thousand guests and they were drinking drunk and dancing and celebrating and they were toasting on the gods of wood and metal and stone and this was something so sinful and evil in the eyes of god how can we make something with our own hands and then worship it and say that it is our creator while we have made it with our hands while it is some dead piece of wood or dead piece of metal or dead piece of stone and we worship it it has a mouth but doesn't speak it has an ear and it doesn't hear it has an arm but it cannot move it and yet we worship it This is something so sinful that is still happening in our world today in a great scale. And so this King Belshazzar, he was there with his guests, so proudful and boastful. And they were toasting on these wooden and dead gods and statues. And suddenly he remembered that his father or his predecessor had brought the goblets, the cups out of the temple of God, of the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob out of Jerusalem and brought them in the storehouse of this Babylonian king. And so he told his servants to get those goblets, to get those cups, and he passed them to his friends, his wives, his concubines, and they used those cups of the Lord that were dedicated to the house of God in Jerusalem, and he used them to toast the gods of stone, of wood, and of metal. And when that happened, he crossed the line. When that happened, suddenly the hand of the Lord came down, or a hand came down, and started riding on the wall. And it says the moment that King Belshazzar saw that hand, suddenly he turned white and fear came over him. 
the celebration came to an abrupt end and the fear of God came upon this godless king. You know, we see men and women today, they dare to raise their fists to God. They dare to say that he is not alive. They dare to say that they don't believe in any God. But I tell you, when they come into the presence of the living God, they will turn white. Their mouths will shut up. They will tremble in their knees. They will stand there with the fear of the Lord upon them. Because when the presence of God comes down, I tell you, there is no man that can boast. And that day will come that each and every human being will stand before the presence of God. Those that curse his name, those that have rejected him, those that are so boastful and prideful in their own wealth or strength or wisdom. They will stand in the presence of God with knees that will be in shock and they will be right there because there will be not one word that they will be able to utter in their own defense. No, we need Christ, hallelujah. We need that savior to be with us and that by his blood we know that we have been cleansed of all sin. Well, that hand was there and it wrote a scripture on the wall and the king, he called for his wise men and astrologers and, and all those occultic people to come and, and to say what was written there and to explain it. But it says they could not do it. So he was so afraid because he knew this was not just some strange manifestation he knew that this was judgment that had come down and so he needed to know what was written there and suddenly the queen mother she comes in and she says oh king you don't have to be afraid like this because there is someone in your kingdom who is able to tell you what is written there. Oh, she said, oh, your father before you, he had a man whom he made the top, the leader of all the wise and all the astrologers because he was so much more wise than them. He had the spirit of the living God inside of him. Oh, hallelujah, dear friends. The testimony of Daniel was that the non-believers knew that the spirit of the living God was inside of him. Oh, may we have that testimony today that the spirit of the living God is alive in us. Oh, they will notice the difference. They will see the difference. They will experience the difference. They will feel the difference. That spirit of the living God, the Holy Spirit that habitates in us, that dwells in us, that leads us, that guides us, that gives us wisdom and understanding, that gives us such peace and hope and love for this world that is dying in sin. I tell you, the believers that have that spirit of the living God inside of them need to rise up in this day to say we have an answer to the problems in the world. We have an answer answer to the need in your life. We have an answer to your problems and to your sicknesses and to your depressed spirit. And the answer is in the son of the living God. Oh, Paul said, I do not come to you with words of man's wisdom, but I speak to you in authority and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need that spirit. Oh, that spirit, the power and anointing and of love and of sound mind that the Lord gives us. Hallelujah. And we read that Daniel already had that spirit. 
Daniel comes into the room and the king Belshazzar, he says, are you able to read what is there? If you will read it and if you will explain it, I will give you riches untold. I'll make you the third leader in this whole kingdom. Can you tell me what is written on that wall? And Daniel, he starts to talk to this king. He does it in a respectful way. But yet he does not back down to tell him the truth. Oh, we can be respectful and yet tell the truth. Some people, they turn so disrespectful to others. And, oh, I ask myself, why do you need to speak in that manner, in that tone, or use those words? The Holy Spirit can help us to speak with such a respect and in such a way that it will open their mind and open their hearts to listen. And yet we can tell them the truth there. And some people are so respectful, they don't tell the truth anymore. That's not right. But some people, they want to tell the truth in such a way that they're not respectful anymore. And it just doesn't find ground that it can come and enter into good ground in the heart. We can, by the Holy Spirit, be respectful, but yet tell the truth. And Daniel, he starts to tell Belshazzar. And he says, oh, Belshazzar, yes, I was working for your father and your father was so great and so mighty he had such authority in his life if he wanted someone to be killed he could sentence him to death if he wanted someone to live he could pardon him he could appoint them to become the highest or he could humble them and make them the lowest and this power and authority and kingdom was given to him by God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there was a time that your father became so high-hearted and so proudful that he thought it was because of his own wisdom and intellect and strength and majesty and etc., etc., his own glory. But God came down and humbled him. He had that dream and that dream became a reality when your father stood on the balcony and he said, look to this mighty, glorious, wonderful Babylon that I have built by my strength and my power and wisdom. And the voice of the Lord came down. Right now, your kingdom has been stripped and taken away from you. And for seven years, he lived like an ox. He ate grass, his nails became like claws of birds, his hair became like the feathers of eagles, and he was just watered by the dew. And for seven years, he lived like an animal until he finally acknowledged that there is no God like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No one is higher than him. Nobody is more powerful than him. Nobody is wiser or better or even equals him or comes in the name of how great he is. And when your father acknowledged that only God has the power on this world to appoint and to make someone king and to give them power, authority, but that he also has power and authority to take it away. When he acknowledged that, God restored him and gave him the kingdom back and gave him even more glory. And David says, and you, Belshazzar, you knew all these things, but yet you didn't humble yourself, but you stood here prideful on this party and you took the cups of the Lord and you were celebrating the dead idols. Oh, Belshazzar, that's why you have seen this hand. And this is what has been written there. Mene, mene, tekel, 
Uphasem. And this is what it means. It means main. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Take them. You have been weighed on the scales and found wanting. And Paris, you know, Uphasem, that is the plural form of Paris. So it's what it says in the Bible. Mene, mene, take Uphasem or Paris here. Your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. And so when Belshazzar heard these words, I don't read that he fell on his knees and repented, but he gave Daniel the riches and he appointed him to be third in the kingdom. But yet that night, Belshazzar was killed and his reign had come to an end and the Medes took over, the Persians took over. That's the end of that story for this man. Oh, how terrible How terrible, how terrible that heart of pride that it didn't humble himself. He knew the testimony of his father, of his predecessor, but yet he did not humble himself and he did not worship God. You know, sometimes we know, we know scripture. We know out of our own experience and life how God worked with us. We know out of the lives of our family and friends and others how God works with us. And then yet we can take a path of pride, a path of our own righteousness, a path of this materialistic world. And we can prideful and boastful set ourselves against the word of God and we can think we we can live our life without God ever intervening or doing anything but the day will come that even for us the handwriting will come on the wall that we will be weighed in the scales and that we will be found wanting oh my dear friends he took the cups of the Lord and when he took the cup of the Lord Judgment of the Lord came down and God warns us in the New Testament that when we participate in the Holy Communion and we take the cup of the Lord, we cannot do that without discerning the body of Christ. We cannot do that with our hearts given to the service of this materialistic world or the service of our flesh or the service of these dead idols or whatever we have made an idol in our life. And so whenever we have communion, but you don't have to wait for communion, you can have it even this day right now during this broadcast that you can put yourself in the scale of God's word and you can weigh yourself. It'd be better for you, for me to weigh yourself, to weigh myself today and to adjust my life by the grace of God and to ask God to help me to adjust my life than to wait for that day that he will put me in the scales and I'd be found Wanting, we can put ourselves in the scales of the word of God. Like for example, we can put ourselves in the word, in the scale of the book of Psalms. On one hand, we can put the Psalms of David and in the other scale, we can put ourselves. And then how does our life add up? Are we living like the psalmist? When you read that psalm there, that David, when he cries out to the Lord and he acknowledges, I'm a sinner. Do we know that we have cried out in the same manner? Do we understand that psalm? Do we 
know that it is also a part of our life that we can say, yes, I understand that because I have been there. I've done the same. I have cried out to the Lord. Oh, like David in the psalm when he cries out and says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Can we say, yes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Do we weigh ourselves in that skill and say, yes, it's true. I have not appointed someone else to be my shepherd. I am not following another shepherd, but Christ is my chief shepherd. And yes, that psalm is true in my life. Oh, when David writes those words that he trusts in no one else but the Lord to help him out of his need, can we say yes? Oh, when I weigh myself in that skill with that word, it's true. I also trust no one or nothing else to save me out of my problems or my needs. I'm also trusting the Lord. Oh, if that's the fact with you, then yes, then you are weighing yourself rightly in that scale. But maybe you are finding yourself wanting. Maybe you're following another shepherd. Maybe you are not trusting in the Lord solely to help you. Maybe you haven't repented fully to him like David. And today bring the scale into balance. Go on your knees. Cry out to the Lord. You can put yourselves in the scale with the words of Jesus. And you can ask yourself, am I more like Jesus today than I have been in the past? Do I resemble him more today in my character, in my nature, the new nature that I received from him? Or am I finding myself wanting? Or am I forgiving Do I forgive my enemies? Do I forgive those that have hurt me or persecuted me? Or am I holding a grudge? Am I full of bitterness or hatred? Then you are finding yourself wanting in that scale. Or then today go on your knees and say, Lord, I empty my heart before you. Take it out of my heart. Help me to forgive. Help me to release. Oh, when you read the words of Jesus to love one another. Do you love one another? Do you love those that are hurting, that are in pain? Are you stretching out your hand to help them like Jesus helped them? Are you living a holy life like Jesus? Are you living a life that is completely in the will of the Father? Like Jesus said, oh, my will is to do the will of him that sent me. If so, then you are rightfully so in the skill. But if you are wanting, oh, then today... Give yourself to him. Cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, oh, help me today to surrender myself to your will. Put yourself in the skills with the words of Paul that God gave through the apostle Paul. He said, it's no longer I that live it, but Christ that liveth in me. Is that something you can acknowledge and say, yes, that word is true also in my life. Oh, then you can say, hallelujah. I am equal in the scale. But if you find yourself wanting, Paul, he cried out, all the good that I want to do, I'm not doing it. And the evil that I don't want to do, I'm doing those things. Oh, are you living there? Or do you find yourself there in that same place in your life? And must you acknowledge, oh, oh yes, I, I'm, I'm also having that longing to live for God, but I'm not having the victory yet. Oh, then you know that victory will come because you already are at the point that you can see that you are wanting and that you need a touch of God. And Paul, he goes to the next chapter of victory. Have you come in that next chapter of victory already? Oh, go 
into that next chapter of victory in your life and bring the scales up to balance. And if the scales are not in balance today, Oh, then today let's cry out to the Lord. Let's ask him to help us, to help you, to help me, that we will not stay wanting. Oh, because if we don't adjust the skills now, if we don't change our life now by the power of God, by the forgiveness of the blood and the strength of the Holy Spirit, if we just leave things as they are, The time will come that the hand will also write for us and judgment will come. But don't wait till that point. Today, seek the Lord. Today, as you find yourself with that word of God in the scale and you find yourself coming short, cry out to him for mercy and grace. Cry out to him for strength. Cry out to him for a change and he will help you to bring things up to the right level. Oh, let's pray to him right now. Father, I thank you this day. Oh, that this is a time of self-reflection. This is a time, Lord, that we can take the word of God and put our life next to it. And if there are areas in our life where we are short, Lord, if there are areas in our life where we have not come to a full surrender yet, if there are areas in our life where we are still living in sin, Lord, if there are areas in our life where we still need a breakthrough, then today, Lord, we ask you in the name of Jesus, come down in our life right now. Forgive us, Lord, as we repent of our sins. Strengthen us, Lord, to rise up and to break Break through the barriers that are withholding us and keeping us from victory. We believe that by the blood of Jesus, by the sacrifice of Jesus, because of the victory of Jesus, we will also have victory in our life. And Lord, we will not stay wanting, but Lord, you will bring us to victory, to success, Lord. You will bring us to resemble your son more and more, Lord. You will bring us, Lord, to that place where we can be a testimony of your greatness, your goodness, your miracles. Lord, I ask you to touch those that are watching this broadcast right now. And Lord, that you will intervene in their life right now, Lord, that they will have a changed life by the power that you alone can give. And Lord, that you will bring good things on our path. I thank you for it and give you all honor and glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 